And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Ronald Coleman stars in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Going back to 1945, but first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Mish must correctly answer more true or false trivia questions about Halloween. That's right. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Mish. Hi, Mish. Hi, how are you? Great. It's great to have you on the phone. You're calling from Palatine, Illinois, so not too far from the studios yeah. here. How are you, Mish? Yep. Wonderful. Yourself? Good. Man, he has a deep voice. Oh, yeah. He's, He's going to steal my job. Radio. He's going to steal my job. I don't think so. I, don't, I think your job is all you, Carl. <laughs> so I have some Halloween trivia questions, and these are all based on a 2021 survey. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start with Mish, and we'll go from there. All right. Okay, Mish, what percentage of Americans pretend they're not home on Halloween? You can just pick a number. Whoever gets closer will get that correct. 80? 80%. And what do you think, Carl? 79. Well, the answer is 21%. So I'll have to give this one to Carl, but you are both way off. You are correct. You are correct. Here's for me. No. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of cheating, though. I said 79. Well, then he'll do that the next time. Yeah. All right. Carl? Yes? Which movie tops Rotten Tomatoes' list of the scariest horror movie ever? Scariest horror movie ever? That's The Exorcist. Mish? Hostile. It's The Exorcist. <laughs> and you know who got the ding, and you know who got the buzz. No, on that I one. don't. Okay, Mish, yeah. mm-hmm. what was voted as the worst Halloween candy? Worst Halloween candy? Candy corn. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Oh, I shouldn't have said yes. No, until, I, honestly, yes. that's what I would have that said. That is exactly candy corn. right. Candy corn is voted, so you both get that one. And then two dings. <laughs> that's, I swear I was going to say candy Carl. corn. Okay, yeah. I won't say right or wrong. I actually didn't know the name of it. I was going to say, you know those little orange things with the white? And I the... wouldn't have given it to you. Oh. Carl, which U.S. state produces the most pumpkins? Which U.S. state produces most the most pumpkins? pumpkins? Um... Pumpkins. I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say uh, pumpkins, huh? Um, I'll say Wisconsin. Okay. Mish? 
I'll take a local and go Illinois. There you go. Illinois? That is absolutely right. Illinois. There you go, Mish. That is Here's absolutely right. Wow, Yay. Illinois. Mish, what's the most popular Halloween costume in the U.S.? Spider-Man? I'm going to say a skeleton. It's a witch. Mm, that's perfect for you, Lisa. Yeah, well, I'm already that. I don't even have to dress up, right? We both got that one wrong. Carl, what's the most popular adult Halloween candy? Adult Halloween candy? Yeah, adult um, Halloween candy. Let's be clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say M&M's. Mish? I go peanut M&M's. Well, you're both right because it's just all variety, just M and M's across wow. the board. Wow. Pretty smart, huh, Mike? I actually just ate M and M's. So did think, you? Yeah, um, Mish. What's the most popular kids' Halloween candy? Um, Reese's. Reese's. Ooh, that's a good guess. I'm gonna say um, kids' candy. Um. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say M&M's. It's Reese's. Oh, <laughs> that is absolutely right. Here's for me. That's for Carl. Carl, what was the original candy. name of the Michael Jackson song, Thriller? The original song? The original name of the song. Mm. Do you know? No, I have no idea. You going to take a guess? Um, Scary Song. Scary Song. Okay, Mish? Uh, zombie Dance. Um, it, that's a good one. It's Starlight. I've got two more questions. Are we good to go? Two more questions, Okay. Yes. Um, Mish, what percentage of people plan to celebrate Halloween in 2022? Uh, 85%. Okay, this time you have to just do a number. I should have gone to Carl first. 80, 86%. No, you can't do that. <laughs> what now? Price is right, what was the question? What percentage of people plan to celebrate Halloween in 2022? Uh, 71%. Well, you got it because it's 69%. Wow. Last oh, question, Carl. What? When was the Monster Mash released? What year? Monster Mash? Mm-hmm. The Monster Mash. Um, I'm going to say 1952. Mish, go with Price is Right like strategy. 57. There you go. 1962. Is the right answer. So how do we do, Carl? Add it up. Um, I think we just about tied. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got confused, didn't you? (laughs) I didn't write it down. Well, Misha. That was fantastic. I'm going to send you a four-CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. You're going to love that. And, uh, hey, great great playing with you on the air, yeah, buddy. Yeah, you're a great Absolutely. sport. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, bud. Thanks, me. Happy Halloween. When we come back, it's an episode of Suspense. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Every single day, honestly, Lisa, there's not a day that goes by that someone doesn't send me either an email or a text or some kind of a notification saying, hey, where can I hear the full five-hour show? You know, my station doesn't air the full five hours. I just got, I got two of those today. And I always tell people the same thing. I'm, you know, look, there's nothing we can do about it. If a station only carries two hours or three hours, we're, you know, we're honored to be on that station, 
There's absolutely nothing we can do. However, we do provide a service. We have the full five-hour show on a digital link. We send it to subscribers so you can sign up and receive the entire five-hour show. You will never miss one second of our broadcast each and every week. And on top of that, we also include our Radio Rarities podcast, which I know you'll love. We have, uh, I think we just recorded our 25th or 26th show. And each and every week, you will receive the full five-hour show plus the Radio Rarities podcast. And the cost is only $5.99 a month. So that means it's only like $1.50 a week to receive like nearly five and a half hours worth of programming, all of the shows we play, that would mean you're getting six classic radio shows each week, plus all of the banter, all of the uh, talking points, and all the fun, the games, you name it. So it's um, it's really the best way you get it. The links never expire. You get it sent to you each week. If you don't listen to the full show, just uh, keep it in your uh, computer, on your computer, in your inbox, and you can listen to us anytime you want. So to subscribe, go to Hollywood360radio.com. That's our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Very easy, right at the top. Just sign up, and you will get all of that sent to you. Every Monday it comes to you. Every Monday you get the full show, and uh, and it sounds great. I love it. I When I work out every morning, I'm listening to the show, and I'm laughing at Lisa. And then later in the day I call her and I say, man, Lisa, you sure were funny. I think you just like to hear your own voice, personally, <laughs> but okay. Oh, man. Anyway, so um, check it out. Go to Hollywood360radio.com. All right, time for Suspense. We're going to tune into a good mystery. Suspense was on the air a long, long time, 22 years on the uh, on the air, um, over uh, nearly 1,000 broadcasts, and then it made a transition to television in 1949. But the radio show was the best part of suspense, and Ronald Coleman stars in uh, kind of a um, like a monster radio show. There's like a monster involved in this. Ooh, monsters on the loose in the countryside. Ronald Coleman stars in the Dunwich Horror from November 1st, 1945, part one now of Suspense. laboratory on the slopes of Sentinel Hill near Dunwich, Massachusetts. Present with me is Dr. Warren Rice, my distinguished colleague from Miskatonic University. Uh, We are now about a hundred yards from the summit of the hill, which is crowned by a huge table-like stone set in the center of a circle of stone pillars, a place of prehistoric worship. A moment ago, uh, you may have heard the dogs of Dunwich 
township barking as we have heard them for three days and three nights. Dr. Rice and I know the horror which their barking portends, but the purpose of this broadcast is to make this unbelievable horror believable to you. I hope for your sakes and ours we are successful tonight. It is the eve of all hallows. Tomorrow will be too late. Our time tonight is very short, so so I'll speak only of those more recent events which, believe me, may culminate at any moment in a climax too frightful to wholly contemplate. I will begin with the birth of Wilbur Whateley. It was the night of February the 2nd, 1921. Candlemas. Toward dawn, when Lavinia Waitley, a deformed albino woman about 35 years old, gave birth to her dark, goatish-looking son in the crumbling Waitley farmhouse northeast of the village. No one attended her. No doctor or midwife. No one was with her, except her aged, half-insane father, who was known as Wizard Waitley. So Wilbur came into this world under heaven knows what incantations, what appeals to what power. A week later, Wizard Waitley drove his sleigh into Dunwich Village and reported the event to a group of loungers in Osborne's general store. Uh, hey, your uh, grandson got uh, yellow hair like Lavinia Wizard? No, takes after his father more. He's dark, dark. You never spoke of who his father might be now, did you? Oh, you know his father when the time comes. Oh, Lavinia's read and seen some things the most of you only talk about. Uh, calculate her husband's as good as you can find this side of Aylesbury. Well, we don't be nosy, will you? Uh, maybe it weren't in no church that none of you heard of. But you wouldn't ask no better church wedding than Lavinia's. Well, I didn't hear tell no wedding, wizard. Hmm. When was that? Oh, not a wedding you'd hear of, Corey. Not a husband you'd hear of, neither. But let me tell you something. Someday you folks will hear a child of Lavinia's calling its father's name. On top of Sentinel Hill. Prophecy? Or idle boasting by an insane old man? Oh, I know I ask a great deal when I ask you to believe that the arrival of an infant into that house of dire poverty and squalor could possibly constitute a horror and a threat to all our known world. Yet it has an earthly history. Perhaps through this history, you will be able to give it credence. Wilbur Waitley's growth was uncanny. But even if he had been an average child, he would have become, in time, an unnatural being, for he was surrounded from the first by the most malign influences. There was his grandfather, old Waitley, Wizard Waitley, who each Halloween climbed Sentinel Hill to the great circle of stone, and while the hills shook, stood holding a great book open on his arms and shrieked into the wind. Shrieked. Yag Sothor. That dreadful name, first mentioned in the hideous forbidden book, the Necronomicon. And this wizard, Waitley, 
was Wilbur's teacher. The villagers began to notice curious things that were going on at the Waitley farmhouse. Soon after Wilbur was born, old Waitley began to remodel the house. The abandoned upper story was restored, and all the windows were tightly boarded up. And then, a wizard began to buy cattle in large numbers, both horses and cows. Yet the livestock on the farm didn't seem to increase. Young Lem Brown was one day, curious enough to creep close to the house to count the weightly herd. Dr. Armitage, there weren't more than 12 cows, and them thick. Looked like they had the blight and funny wounds on them, like cuts. I heard something, too, in the top part of Wizard's house. Something like water slapping inside, only big, big like a sea. <laughs> One other person went to the Waitley farm in the years before I met Wilbur, Dr. Ken Houghton of Aylesbury, who was called by Wilbur himself, who said that his grandfather was dying. Dr. Houghton found the old man in a bedroom on the ground floor and Wilbur with him. While outside the window, a legion of whippoorwills cried loudly and rhythmically, endlessly. Wilbur spoke about the sound. Time with his breathing now. They're ready. Listen, Doctor. They know his soul's going out. They're waiting. <laughs> yes, Wilbur, that's an interesting superstition. Late in the air for them, too. When he goes, if they catch him, they'll keep laughing till break of day. If they don't catch him, they'll quiet down. You mean you believe that... In just a minute. I think he's conscious. Yes, the birds changed when his breathing changed. Like Willie. I say. Willie, Willie. I'm here. More space, Willie. Remember, more space soon. Yes, I'll build it. You grows, but that grows faster. It'll be ready to serve you soon, Willie. I know. But remember, when it's time, you open up the gates to Yogg-Sothoth with a long chant. You were on page 7 and 51 of the book. But mind you, feed it enough. Because if it gets out before you open to Yogg-Sothoth, it's all over. It's no use. He's going now. <laughs> the birds, they didn't get him. Yes, he's free. He's gone. <laughs> Winter following Wizard Waitley's death that I first met Wilbur, he came in person to the library at Miskatonic University to consult a copy of the hideous Necronomicon, 
which was kept there in its Latin version, as printed in Spain in the 17th century. I tell you, when he came into my office, I was appalled at his appearance. Eight feet tall, shabby, dirty, bearded. But I was even more appalled by his voice when he spoke to me. I wrote you a letter a month past, Doctor. I wanted a loan of the book. Well, that's a book that's never loaned from this library. I doubt if it is from any library. Well, I have to see it then. Oh, very well, it's, it's kept right here. As you know, the, there are only three copies of this book in existence. That's why we're careful. Here, you can look at it on this table. Wizard said it would be on page 751. What? What is it you're looking for? The formula, the long chant, the one that opens the gate to Yogg-Sothoth. All right, we're listening to Suspenders, right? Is that the name of the show? That's what it's called. I thought it was, yeah. Because um, it, it scares the pants off you. You need right, suspenders. you need suspenders to hold your pants off. Exactly. You don't need suspenders. Your pants stay up just fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been working out. I'm losing weight. I'm just kidding. My stomach time. is not as uh, bad as it used to be. It's almost gone. I'm you really, have no stomach. I'm proud of myself. I've <laughs> no, been working out. it is a good thing. Cutting sugar out of the diet, working Except out every day. Except for the Halloween candy at the end of the Well, hall. I can't have one piece of candy. <laughs> I had one piece of candy. It's just it giving me a hard way. time. We're listening to The Dunwich Horror, starring Ronald Coleman. Uh, remember the, I think, it, was he the voice of Toucan Sam, or was just somebody impersonating? Remember, follow your nose. It always, always knows. knows. But um, I don't think it was Ronald Coleman doing the voice. I think it was, um, I think it was actually Paul Freese doing a Ronald Coleman, Coleman impersonation. impersonation. But remember those commercials for, sure. what was it, Fruit oh, Loops? Fruit Loops. Yeah. yeah. Toucan Sam. You know, follow your nose. Oh, yeah, you sound exactly it's like It always him. knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know people out there are probably, some of people are going, what is he talking about? Other oh, no, people we are all like, remember Fruit, fruit other Loops. Other people are like, yeah, I remember that. Do you like that. Fruit Loops? Actually, when I was a kid, I loved Fruit yeah. But no. they're all sugar. You can't eat yeah, that. It's not, a, like it's not that. good for you. I mean, unless they want to sponsor the show, then and then we'd then probably we'd like it. Like I love Pop Tarts. I mean, they have Pop Tarts here all the time. <laughs> they the have strawberry Pop Tarts. I was looking at them, going, "Hmm, I think I might want to have a Pop Tart a little a later." Pop Tart. <laughs> I like the strawberry Pop Tarts. Oh, I'm all about chocolate. I mean, who, who, that would be is that Post or who does Pop Tarts? Um, Kellogg's. Oh, right? Kellogg's. So yeah. Kellogg's, if you're out there and you want us to, you know, want to sponsor we're our show, fans of we'll Pop-Tarts. eat a Pop Tart every single week because <laughs> yeah, I do sure. anyway. But you have to learn how to say it. I eat them anyway. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, Carl Amari here. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, Suspense, and Burns and Allen, consider becoming a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows in superior sound quality, along with historical liner notes and photos of the radio stars. The 10 shows I'll send you will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. Members also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour holiday 
Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. The digital links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 and Radio Rarities whenever you'd like. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. And when you join the Classic Radio Club, there's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Across uh, more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. And uh, we are always licensing new shows. We... um, I think I was telling uh, our listeners about the uh, Spike Jones Library. So um, Spike Jones Jr., who uh, has become a good pal, had all of his dad's shows, pretty much every episode he'd ever done. And uh, we are in the midst of coming out with the first four volumes very soon. And they're all direct from the transcription discs, all of the Spike Jones shows. It's just great. I mean, he was such a genius, Spike Jones. And um, it's great. I can't wait to put these first four volumes out. We'll tell you about it when we do. It's uh, in development right now. We're always licensing new shows. We're always trying to get you the greatest shows and the best quality shows. And we put those shows, a lot of those shows that we license uh, direct from the master transcription discs, into our classic radio club. That is the club that we have where every month we put out 10 shows direct from the master recordings, perfect sound quality. We uh, have uh, very copious liner notes about those 10 shows, photos of the stars, and it is sent to you either on five CDs in a collector case or via digital download through an email. And uh, when you do join the club, you also get our Hollywood 360 podcast and Radio Rarities podcast sent to you as a bonus. That's all part of the Classic Radio Club. To learn more about joining the club and getting all these great radio shows sent to you each and every month, go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Learn all about it. ClassicRadioClub.com. We would appreciate you if you would consider joining. All right, so uh, we're listening to Suspense, a horror episode called The Dunwich Horror, starring Ronald Coleman. And this is a November 1st, 1945 broadcast. Here's the conclusion. I felt a wave of fright as tangible as a draft from the tomb. It seemed somehow... Like, like the spawn of another dimension. Like something only partly of mankind. Linked to black gulfs beyond all spheres of force and matter, space and time. And presently he raised his head and spoke again. It's here, all right. But I'll have to have a copy. Well, that paragraph there? Oh, I don't Do know. you know Latin, Doctor? Yes, certainly. Then read it, Doctor. Let's hear how you make it out. All right, that shouldn't be difficult. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Nor is it to be thought um, that man is the oldest or the last of Earth's masters. The old ones were, and the old ones shall be. Not in the 
the, the, the spaces that we know, but, but between them, but only Yagsathoth knows the gate. Yagsathoth is the gate to, to, to where the old ones broke through of old. Their hands are uh, at your throat, yet ye see them not. Dr. Armitage, you see, I reckon I've got to take that book home. There's things in it I've got to try, and you can't hold me up. No, I'm sorry. I tell you, Doctor, I'll have the book sooner or later, no matter what. You see, it, that's waiting for me at home, won't wait much longer. week later that I was awakened suddenly by the fierce yelping of the great watchguard on the campus, followed by a sound from a wholly different throat, a scream. And I knew instantly that Wilbur had come back for the Necronomicon. I hastened into my clothes and rushed across to the library where a crowd had gathered before the smashed window of my office. Inside, there was a fearful groaning and growling, and some instinct warned me that what was taking place there was not for for unfortified eyes to see. I brushed back the crowd, motioning only to Professor Rice to come in with me. When we opened the study door, Professor Rice screamed. No, Dr. Armitage, no, I can't. Come, up. come, close the door. We can't let them see. She's alive, but Lord, what a, what a job that dog's done. Torn him to bits. Oh, it's a horrible sound, that moaning you... Suppose we ought to call a doctor? A doctor? A doctor for that? No doctor in the world would know what to do for that. Look, Armitage, it's not human, nor animal. Where did it come from? Can you tell me? Can you tell me what it is? No, I couldn't tell what Wilbur Waitley was. The thing that lay half-bent on its side in a pool of greenish-yellow stickiness was nine feet tall. And the dog had torn off all the clothing and some of the skin. It was partly human, beyond a doubt, with very man-like hands and heads, but, but the torso and lower parts of the body were, were fabulous. The chest had the leathery hide of a crocodile or alligator. Below the waistline, the skin was covered with coarse black fur. And from the abdomen, long greenish-gray tentacles. Now, the limbs terminated in, in ridgy veined pads that were neither hooves nor claws. And as Dr. Rice and I stood staring at this, this presence, the... The whippoorwills began to cry in unison outside the study window. And then the thing on the floor roused and mumbled. Listen. 
now. Look. Look, Rise. Look what's happening. He's... He's disintegrating. Of course. Fast, too. Fading away. Because he isn't made of... of matter as we know it on Earth. Uh, I, I guess he took after his father. So there'll be nothing left. His father? What was his father? I don't think. I thought then that what came into our world with Wilbur Waitley left with him. I forgot what he himself had told me of it which was waiting in the sealed house Wizard Waitley had built, where the cattle were driven to disappear. But Wilbur Waitley left a diary, written in a strange alphabet resembling Sanskrit. And I worked off and on for weeks to decipher it. And finally, I read the following passage, written by Wilbur when he was no more than eight years old. That upstairs is more ahead of me than I had thought it would be. It is not like to have much earth brain. I can see it a little when I make the sign or blow the powder of Ivangatsi at it. And it is like them I see Halloween on the hill. I wonder how I shall look when the earth is cleared and there are no earth beings. Maybe like that upstairs looks, which has no body, even fed with all the blood. Toward morning, in a cold sweat of terror, I called Dr. Rice to my house and told him, we have to destroy what's in that farmhouse. We... Why can't we just leave the thing locked up there? The, the house is boarded tight. Yes, but do you think boards will hold it? Don't you realize, man, it hasn't been fed? It hasn't had blood since the 18th of September, when Wilbur Waitley came here to die. We left for Dunwich that night, and we've been here on Sentinel Hill ever since, working desperately to discover the formula in time. But a week ago tonight, shortly after dawn... Yeah, hello? Dr. Armitage, this is Lem Brown. I, I was just up beyond the Glen, Doctor, looking for cows I lost last night. Yes, Lem? Well, Doctor, something's been there. Smells like thunder. And there's prints in the road. Great round prints, big as barrel heads. Like a, a elephant has been along. Any... anything else, Lem? That's all I see. Uh, except bushes and trees pushed back from the road. Like... like a house was drug along. Did you hear anything? Yes. Long toward morning, I heard a sound over toward Waitley's place. A kind of ripping or tearing of wood like a big box was being opened up. Chancy, you heard it too. Lem, who who lives nearest the Waitley farm? Why, uh, that'd be Elmer Fry's place. Oh, he's on this line too, isn't he? Hang on and I'll ring him. Yes, Dr. Armitage, this is Central. I'm trying to get Elmer Fry, Central. Doctor, he must be out somewhere, and his whole family. I was ringing there an hour ago. Earl Sawyer saw Elmer's cows stampeding in Cold Spring Glen. Oh, you didn't get him, hmm? All right. 
Uh, but if you hear or see anything more, let me know. I'll be here working all day. Rice. Rice. Oh, wake up. It, it's loose. It's out of the house. One family gone already. We have to work. Pray God we find that formula in time. of terror and panic here in Dunwich Township. Each night it moves about the countryside, leaving the trees crushed in a 30-foot swathe as though by a moving mountain, leaving its monstrous tracks and a trail of tarry stickiness, leaving crushed and gutted farmhouses and whole herds of cattle drained of blood. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the story to this moment. And tonight... It's Halloween. Tonight we are here to... Just one moment, please. Uh, Dr. Rice, did you hear something? Uh, with the window closed, no. Well, we'll throw it open. I thought so. Listen. The sound from a thousand bending trees. The sound like the sea moving across a forest. Yes. Yes, it's coming here, of course. All hallows, it comes to Sentinel Hill. Uh, Dr. Rice, I'll try the formula and the powder from the altar stone. I, I want you to stay here at the microphone and report what you see. Very well, Dr. Armitage. Oh, wait a minute before I go. To any scientists who may be listening to me, if I fail, there is a possible alternative formula in Falconer's Mystical Formulae of the Middle Ages on page 24. This, well, there are the whippoorwills. I'd better get out there. Take over, Dr. Rice. Yes, I'll do as well as I can, Armitage. Good luck. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Armitage is climbing to the top of the hill, to the altar stone. I can see him plainly, for the moon is high and the night clear. Down the hill, toward the dark village, I can see the grasses and shrubbery bending down, marking the monster's ascent. It moves quite fast. And I feel a proximity to phases of being utterly forbidden. Now, Dr. Armitage stands now on the altar stone and is holding the powder which, if the books are correct, will make this thing for an instant visible. It is quite close to him now, perhaps 20 yards or less. He lifts his hands, he flings the powder in a wide arc. I can see... Oh, no! No! Dr. Rice, come in, Dunnage. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your suspense announcer. Due to conditions... Oh, just a moment, please. One moment, please. Dr. Rice, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, for a moment I've been overcome when I stopped... Ladies and gentlemen, perhaps you can hear now the incantation of Dr. Armitage. Listen.
And Dr. Armitage is walking back here now. So we know that whatever it was, it is gone. It is dead. We can be thankful indeed. You see, I saw Dr. Armitage. Yes. Did you? Did you see it, Dr. Wright? I saw it, Lord, yes. What did it? What did it look like to you? It looked here. Like something made of squirming ropes, but bigger than a barn and shaped, well, like an egg and dozens of legs, like barrels that half closed when it stepped and nothing solid about it and at least 15 or 20 mouths or trunks opening and closing, but what was it? Oh, a kind of, a kind of force, a kind of force that doesn't belong in our part of space. Did you, did you notice the half face on top? Half face. Like a human face. Yes, very large. But yes, quite quite human. And quite like Wilbur's. Like all the weightless. Then it was... It was... That's right. It was Wilbur's twin brother. And you saw what three weeks' growth had done. And it was the child of Lavinia's who called its father's name on Sentinel Hill. As Wizard Waitley prophesied. You heard it calling. Yog Sotho. Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this night is over. It is All Saints' Day. May heaven bless us all. The Dunnage Horror, with Ronald Coleman as your star of The Fence. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service. That is Suspense, the Dunwich Horror, starring Ronald Coleman, also in that cast. Great cast, in fact. You had William Johnstone, Elliot Lewis, Joseph Kearns doing the announcing there. Um, Broadcast from November 1st, 1945, originally heard on CBS, but that was an Armed Forces Radio rebroadcast all the uh, Roma Wines commercials, which Lisa is a tremendous spokesperson for. She uses the product uh, all the time, right, Lisa? Right, Carl, big fan. You right? know, Roma Wines. It's brings, my thing. I mean, she lugs two gallons of it into well, the studio. One for me and one for you, of course. Each I mean, and every week. Yeah, you know, I'm has, not the only lush around she's here. She's always <laughs> drinking that every, every, pretty much every every break. She's drinking that Roma. Well, I don't wine. really have to wait for a break now, do no, I? No, you don't. <laughs> I didn't no. think so. I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed that. All right, time for this month in music history. And we're continuing with Halloween songs. Let's hear the next one. Very superstitious. I mean, not exactly Halloween, but Halloween theme superstition. Oh, yeah. Who sings, Carl? Um, Stevie Wonder? Yes. Released in what year? I'll say 72. Yes. What? What? I guess right on yeah, the Yeah, you did. It's from his uh, album called Talking Book, 1972. Wow. Wow, you 1972, are right on the money? Right on the money. Holy cow. Do I win anything? Yes. My um, admiration. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, That's finally, huge. finally. <laughs> well, just for the moment. I mean, it We've doesn't last all night. We've known each other 17 years. I finally <laughs> won her 
Uh, what is it that I want? My undying oh, admiration. Admiration. Yeah. It's a big word for you, I know. That is a big word. How many syllables is Three, that? Four. Admiration. Four. Admiration. How do you do that so fast? Oh, I'm just quick, Carl. You are very talented, Lisa. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you. All right. There you go. Any? You have other uh, Halloween songs for us? I do. The whole entire show. Yeah, we're so Halloween I mean, this music. Is, even though it's not Halloween today, this is our Halloween broadcast. We hope you're enjoying that. All right, stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, Lisa Wolf. All right, Carl Murray. My co-host. Uh, we're going to do, uh, we have a great uh, segment next hour. What do we have? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't have any notes here. All right. Well, we've got Name That Tune to start with. What is that? And we're going to do uh, Ma- Rolling Stone Magazine's Top Songs. Rolling Stone Magazine Top Songs. Right. Can I try to guess a couple sure, of them? Sure, you can guess. If you can guess one, um, all right. I'll be uh, Rolling even more. I'm going to guess Top Songs, Rolling Stone well, Magazine. I'll say... Um, I mean, uh, I chose from a list of I'll top say, songs. I'll say... Um, there's got to be a Beatles song in there, too. So I'll say... Um, nope, I didn't choose not, the Beatles song. Sorry. Is that one Beatles song? <laughs> there may be on the list, yes, but about, not on my list. Is there any... Um, um, nope. <laughs> None of those either. <laughs> None of those? <laughs> nope. How nope. about the Rolling nope. Stones? Any I, ro- there might be. Is there a Rolling Stones? There might be. Okay, so... That's all I can say. Um, how about um, one more Michael guess. Jackson? Is there a Michael Jackson song? Sorry. There's not a Michael Jackson song not in there. Not on my list. Come on, Lisa. I didn't choose that, but what I chose is great stuff. <sighs> all right, well, we're also going to listen to... Um, a lights out story, a ghost story, there Lisa. We go. Ooh, ghost story on lights out. Arch Obler is our host. B. Benadera, you know, she was the voice of, Betty, of Rubble. Betty Rubble. She is the star of lights out. All right, we need a caller. We sure do. Let's play the game 312 642 5600. Lucky caller number seven. All right, call, win some prizes. Uh, we'll be right back. 